You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Wow. Uh, we're going to continue a little bit of where we were last week. And that's why I thought, well, let's just get a little better visual aid here of chair number one and chair number two, just to, to help us see. Can you imagine which one's chair one? Who wasn't here last week? Okay. Chair one is the place where we just rest with the Lord, where we know our identity as sons and daughters, and we just rest in the fullness, and, and we understand that it's not up to us, it's not about us. Chair number one, we're just trusting the Lord, we're loving him. Chair two, we're, we're still going to heaven. It's not an issue of where, where we're going to spend eternity, but it's how we live life here on planet earth. And then chair two is, is where we think that it's all upon us. And somehow we've got to earn his love, his favor, his grace. And so we, we kind of function like that. And they were talking at the conference, they were talking about, you know, applying chair one and chair two to all areas of your life, to your marriage, to all your relationships. And I, I didn't really know what they meant until last night. And this morning, I had a clear revelation. Did your wife help you find it? Don't, don't you love how wonderful she is just to let me, let me show my, my brokenness? <laughs> so, so we're sitting in chair one. She's had a, a rough week, and I'm listening as she's talking about chair number one. And I, I'm doing pretty good. But last night when we were driving home, she was talking about this wonderful water park down in French Lick and all this kind of stuff. And immediately as she started talking about that, I went right over to chair two. It was like, oh. Because see, the, the thing that I've been carrying when I get into chair two, when I get out of chair one, I think that this is going to be our 45th wedding anniversary this year. So I am scheming and trying to figure all the different ways I can accumulate as much money as possible so that we can have an incredible celebration. Let me know what you figure out. Okay, okay. Yeah, 45th, big one. We figure we're not going to press it and wait to the big 5-0 because we might not be able to walk as well as we can walk at 45. So we're, we're saying we're going to take the health we've got now and invest in really celebrating our, our marriage. And so all of this, and so I'm, I'm taking any extra counseling I'm doing, all this kind of stuff, I'm sliding it away and collecting and got my little money in my safe and just trying to... And so she's talking about taking the granddaughters to this water park. And immediately I go from chair one to chair two. And I'm thinking... Oh, I can't do that. I don't have any money because I, I'm saving all my money so that we can go have this. And I went straight into chair two. And so I start relating to her out of chair two. And so I'm saying, you can't do this to me. You know, it's like, I'm doing everything I can to try to make sure that I, you know, can have something to really show you how much I love you and we can have... And then the Lord was saying, why don't you go back to chair one? <laughs> it got strangely quiet last night on the ride home. She never said anything. I never said anything. 
I was in chair two. I don't know what chair she was in. She might have been in chair one just resting with the Lord. But I was in chair two, and I, I knew it. And I, it wasn't until this morning that the Lord just showed, this is, this is how that looks. When you go to chair two, you think that you've got to make it happen. That somehow all the pressure and all the onus is on you. When you go to chair one, you can just relax and know that I love you. Mm. And in chair one, it, it doesn't mean that we have no, no partnership with, with the Holy Spirit. It, it's just that we don't feel the pressure. We know that the Lord loves us. And so we just trust. So we go back to trusting. Hmm. So, my love, I'm sorry I was in chair two last night. Uh, try to, I, it, it was a revelation to me, though, because there's so many times I'm in chair two, and when I'm in chair two, and I think it's all up to me, I get really anxious. I get frustrated. You know, I, I have those things that I don't have the time, I don't have the money, I don't have the energy. <sighs> And uh, I need to rest in chair one. So I want to look at uh, some, uh, just a psalm today, a little devotional psalm, uh, to just kind of set our hearts. It's going to be in the Passion Translation, so I've got it up on the screen for you so you can enjoy it. It's Psalm 62, and uh, it goes like this. Psalm 62, Unshakable Faith is the title. To the pure and shining one, King's David Melody of love's celebration. I stand silently to listen for the one I love, waiting as long as it takes for the Lord to rescue me. For God alone has become my savior. He alone is my safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me, for he is my champion defender. There's no risk of failure with God. So why would I let worry paralyze me even when troubles multiply around me? I know we're in the middle of a slide. Do you know when he's in chair one and when he's worrying about chair two? Wow. But look at those who want me dead. That might give you a reason to jump over to chair two. Shouting their vicious threats at me. The moment they discover my weakness, they all begin plotting to take me down. Liars and hypocrites with nothing good to say. All their energies are spent on moving me from this exalted place. Pause in his presence. The Hebrew term, Selah. I am standing in absolute stillness, silent before the one I love waiting as long as it takes for him to rescue me. Only God is my savior and he will not fail me. For he alone is my safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me as my champion defender. There's no risk of failure with him. So why would I let worry paralyze me? Even when troubles multiply around me, God's glory is all around me. What chair is he in? His wraparound presence is all I need. For the Lord is my savior, my hero, and my spring of life-giving strength. Join me, everyone. 
trust only in God every moment. Tell him all your troubles. Pour out your heart longings to him. Believe me when I tell you, he will help you. Selah, pause in his presence. Before God, all the people of the earth, high or low, are like smoke that disappears, like a vapor that quickly vanishes away. Compared to God, they're nothing but vanity, nothing at all. The wealth of the world is nothing to God. So if your wealth increases, don't be boastful or put your trust in your money. And don't you think for a moment that you can get away by stealing, by overcharging others, just to get more for yourself. God said to me once and for all, all the strength and power you need flows from me. And again, I heard it clearly said, All the love you need is found in me. And he said, the greater your passion for more, the greater your reward I will give you. Wow. Father, we thank you for your word. We just thank you for this time of intimacy with you and David that's been recorded. And Lord, we see so much in this wonderful poem of praise of, of worship to you, of intimacy from your heart and David's heart. And Lord, we say we want our heart to reflect that as well. Lord, we want to move in relationship to you where we know you for who you are and not who we think you are. Father, we invite the Holy Spirit this morning to come and to transform our understanding of who you are when it is an error when we have a wrong, perverted, warped understanding of how wonderful, how true, how good, how righteous you are. And instead, we, we come up with some kind of picture of you that is, that is fearful, based in shame, based in our shame, we project onto you a judge that rules harshly. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and to blow up every false conception that we have of our loving Heavenly Father, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and of our Comforter, our Counselor, the Holy Spirit, the one who (laughs) indwells within us and gifts us and graces us and invites us to walk step by step with Him. And so we, we say, do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Go to those places that are rooted deep inside of us that we do not have the awareness, the skill, the capacity to even know how to uproot and destroy. We just open ourselves to you, Holy Spirit, and we give you permission to uproot everything inside of us that is based on lie and fear and condemnation and shame and worry so that we can know the fullness of grace, of love, of life, of truth, and walk without shame, without hiding in your holy presence. We welcome you in Jesus' name. Amen. So whenever you're listening to the Lord, 
whenever you're waiting for the Lord, sometimes we can, we can do that in chair two, but it's, it's out of a sense that we've got to hear something because there's a pressure on us to perform, to do something. But I think the, the kind of listening and the waiting that David's talking about is chair number one, where he's just resting in the presence of the Lord. He understands that the Lord is good and kind. He understands that the Lord has called him as king and has called him into relationship before he was ever king. Even when he was watching the sheep, as David would be out on the hillside singing his songs and recording all his praise and worship and adoration to the Lord, he, he had that connection of intimacy and it comes from knowing you've been called. And that's the calling that, that I read to you and I hear his whisper, that we've been called, we have a destiny and it's to come and to be with him. It's his voice calling us to be with him. Most of the time when we think of destiny, we think of what it is I'm supposed to do and accomplish for the Lord. Well, what you're supposed to do and accomplish for the Lord is to trust him and to sit quietly in his presence and to allow him to love you, to love all of you. Can you hear the Lord say that? Put your name into this. So-and-so. I want you to let me love all of you, all of you. The good, the bad, the beautiful, and the ugly. Let me love all of you. Amen. We can do that when we get in chair number one. When we're over in chair number two, we're working on our stuff. And we're working on it diligently and, and you know, with, with a lot of good intention. We're, we're thinking that if we can just get over those things that are hanging us up, if we can get over our sin, if we can clean ourselves up a little bit better, maybe we can slide into chair number one. So we get on our self-improvement program, how to conquer sin, how to conquer all our unrighteousness, and usually when we're doing it from chair two, as we strive, when we don't quite measure up, we find that it's, it's probably safer if, if we try a little bit and then pretend that we're a little further than what we are. And, and so we, we oftentimes will, will try to make an appearance as though we have, have really got victory over something that was here. And, and, and there's a difference between when we're trying to appear that we have victory and when we're resting over here, because over here we have victory, not because we've accomplished victory, because we're resting in his victory. When we rest in his victory, then we are victorious because he is in us. And from this place, we rest and we can take in and receive and just simply obey. Listen to his voice, do what he says, follow where he tells us to go. And as we do that, we're walking in victory. It's nothing that we can boast of. It's not because we, we've been working out in God's gym 
and, and, and we got all these faith muscles that we just developed, and so now we can just speak to the mountain and it moves, and we can command this and it moves. No, it's never, it's never from a position of our resource, our strength, yet this is the crazy thing. It can look like that when we're walking in him. When we're resting and we're, we're in chair number one and we know the wonder, oh, this is really comfortable. And when, we, when we really relax and we just get connected with him and we do what we see him doing and we hear what he's saying and our heart is, is now intimately connected with him. And from here, we find that the fullness of Christ dwells in us. What gets crazy is that when we go from there and we come back over here, and this is what, what happens to a lot of us, at least it happened to me, I was over here just resting in his presence and, and seeing him do all sorts of wonderful things, and all of a sudden I thought it was me when I get over here. And so now I think, I can do that, and I've got the authority, and I can do, and boo, 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 boo. And there's a fine line of demarcation of knowing that when we're walking in the spirit and we're exercising and releasing faith and when we're doing it from our own sense of I've arrived. I am really something in the kingdom. And so let me impress you because every time I pray for this condition, it gets healed. Oh, I think the enemy loves setting us up for that. You know, he, he loves, we, we've had, we prayed for this person and they had this problem and, and we saw God move. Why? Because we were in chair number one, we were, harmoni we were in harmony and, and who can understand all the many variables that come into how God heals and sometimes it's through us, sometimes it's in spite of us, sometimes it's just his sovereign love for the person that he just manifests. It, it's so complex, who, who can figure it all out? I can't. But when he does it, in spite of me, I like taking credit for it. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> Man, I'm four for four. I'm batting a thousand. Oh, who's got this condition that just let me know because I'm pretty good about praying for healing for that. And, and all of a sudden, without us knowing, there's a little shift that goes from this chair over to this chair. And, and all of a sudden, we think we're the hottest thing in the kingdom. And we don't realize this is Jesus is the hottest thing in the kingdom. Jesus. Jesus alone. Yet he loves to share it with us. And it's, it's, it's amazing. It, it's the craziest thing with our huma humanity that we, we constantly keep shooting ourselves in the foot when one moment, one day, one week, we are clear as a bell that it's not us. It's the Lord in us. It's the Holy Spirit manifesting his love and his goodness through us. And we're just able to walk with that confidence. And then somehow we get back into chair two. And then we don't want anybody to realize that we haven't been spending time with the Lord in chair one. That's shame. So we, we can't make eye contact or walking around like this. 
But we remember how we prayed when we were over here. So we just try to do the formula. And you know the crazy thing about it is God is so good and so loving that a lot of times when we're doing it out of chair two and we're doing the formula and it shouldn't happen because of us, it still happens. It still happens because of him. He understands our brokenness. He understands all of that. And he never shames us for that. He will flow through us even when we're functioning out of chair two because he loves people. He hates sickness, illness, and disease. He hates the wounds <clears throat> that, we, that we bear in our body, we bear in our psyche, we bear in our soul, we, we bear in our spirit. He, he really wants to free and heal all aspects of that. <clears throat> and so he does. Sometimes in spite of us. Mm. But you know, there's, there's that joy that David, with the all-wrapping presence of God, that when we're smothered in his presence, <clears throat> probably the best way for me <clears throat> to understand smothering is how I like to eat key lime pie. <clears throat> key lime pie by itself is good. Key lime pie, when it's smothered with whipped cream, <laughs> oh, it's almost heaven. It is so amazing. And the dear waitresses at Red Lobster, my Red Lobster man back there? No, he's... His wife is. When I tell them, I like whipped cream on my key lime pie, because they put the little, the little bitty, you know, like that. And I say, could you just kind of really smother mine, you know, with whipped cream? And this, this one waitress, I think this was probably her second time, she remembers my request. I mean, she... She goes completely above and beyond the call of duty. I don't know if she emptied the whole can or what, but I mean, you know, a little, little pie. It's not, it's not a big slice of pie, but the whipped cream was just amazing. And I said, you got it. <laughs> That's perfect. That's exactly the way I like it. And it's, it's so amazing. And that's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to smother us yes. with his presence. Yes. A lot of times we want a little dab. We think we're bro cream. Yeah. A little dab would do. You know, a little dab of Jesus would do a whole lot. But he doesn't want us to have a little dab mentality. He wants us to understand that when he comes to us, his love and affection is so great for us that he wants to cream us. He wants to smother us in his love and his goodness and his kindness. In the Hebrew, it's hesed. It's, it's the loving kindness of God. There's no one who is more kinder than God. And yet the enemy has conned us into believing 
that he's angry. He's disappointed with us. He's frustrated with us. Yeah, he, he's got to let us into heaven because we prayed the prayer. But he's really disgusted. Matter of fact, we think that he, he sends his Holy Spirit, his light and truth, so that he can expose that we are so far beyond. We're so far behind where we should be at this point in our life. And, you know, we have this conception that he's so disappointed. He had such high hopes for us at the beginning because when we came to him, we came without shame. We confessed our sin. We were transparent. We put it all out there and he just took it all in. And, and he says, oh man, this, this daughter's really got some potential. This son could really, really, you know, he could probably be in the special forces of my kingdom. Ooh. But then over time, we mess up. And as a result of that, our perception is we go to chair two, we try harder. And every time we try harder, it gets worse. Have you noticed that? The more soul power we try to muster up to be righteous, the less righteous we become. Why? Because the only righteousness that we can give him is like filthy rags. All our righteousness is like that. But what we can do is we can just simply trust him. And when we trust him, he accords his righteousness to us because we trust him. Not because we've done anything. We've just simply trust him. We sit and we wait and we rest and we pursue the relationship with passion, but it's not so that we'll be accepted because we realize when we place our trust in him, he's absolutely, completely trusted us. He's absolutely poured out his love into us. I love Romans 5, where he says, you know, through the Holy Spirit, he's pouring out, he's pouring out his love into our hearts. Oh, man. Anybody? Want a little pouring this morning? Yeah, just open up that heart. Come on, Holy Spirit, just pour more and more love into our hearts. So good, so good. And that's who he is. He loves. He loves when we simply trust. When we think it's up to us, it's amazing how we just short-circuit the system. But when we, in humility... When we in humility come and submit to him and say, Lord, I've screwed up again, but I place my trust in you. You are the only one. You are the only one who can forgive sin. You're the only one. You're the only one that knows my brokenness. And you are an expert in knowing how to heal me. And I put my trust that you are healing me and you will continue to heal me and that you will present me at the day of Christ complete. You have completed the work. Paul was confident of that in Philippians 1.6. He says, and I am confident he who began the good work in you will complete it at the day of Christ. Oh. Sometimes we look at that and we see the day of Christ as being that eschatological event that's going to happen in the future. And there is a future dimension to the day of Christ. But I think we can pull that into 
the present. Say, okay, I'm not 100%, but Lord, complete as much as you can complete in me today. And there is a sense that when we've submitted in humility and allowed access to the Spirit of God to minister to us and to bring us as much as he can bring us today, that's kind of 100% for the day. That's kind of complete. Then we get to wake up tomorrow and see how much further he wants to take us tomorrow. And it goes like that until the day of Christ in the eschatological sense, the end time when it's complete, complete. I love that. I love that because it helps me if I think, well, I'm incomplete and I'm always going to be incomplete until we get to heaven. I'm just going to be incomplete. So, you know. But if I realize, if I stay in the chair, chair number one, if I stay in the room of grace, if I continue to let trust and humility lead and be, be the, the very stepping stones that I follow, then I will be more like Christ today. And he will max me out in Christ's likeness as much as I can possibly contain for today. And that, that's good by me. And then tomorrow, we get to do it all over again. We, keep, we grow from glory to glory with an ever-increasing glory. From faith to faith with an ever-increasing faith. And, and any time we think we've arrived, we need to get on our knees and just say, Lord, I place my trust in you. In all my arrogance, I repent. And I, I receive the grace of humility. And humbly, I invite you to do what only you can do for me. Sign me up for that. I think that sounds like fun. And it has been. But you know, we have an adversary. And he's been watching mankind ever since Eden, the Garden of Eden. He knows human tendencies, and he's probably put a couple little rascals on your trail in surveillance mode and, and has find out what your tendencies are and what your weaknesses are. And so just as soon as you get comfortable in chair one, something's going to happen, and the temptation to go to chair two is always going to be there. Don't beat yourself up if you slip into chair two. Just humble yourself and receive the grace to go back to chair one. When, when we go to chair two, <clears throat> most of the times it's because of fear, shame. We look at our own adequacy and we say, not enough. And it's at that moment of not enough, we're in chair two. But when we realize he is more than enough and he's invited us, he's adopted us into the family. He's planning on marrying us. And so he's, he's really vested 
in how we do intimacy, how we do relationship. Wow. When the temple of the Holy Spirit is our bodies, the Holy Spirit wants those to look more and more like heaven all the time. Because that's where he's the most comfortable. So holiness is, is real. But it's not a performance-based holiness. And it's not a shame-based holiness. It's a rest-based holiness. It's a grace-based holiness that comes from chair one. Because in chair one, we are experiencing things about God that we didn't realize how good he really was. We're experiencing all sorts of things that trump bad theology. We're experiencing all sorts of things in which we've, in the church, been treated shamefully. And we thought, we thought that was just because that's how God wants us to be treated. And we didn't realize that no, that's not how God treats us at all. And so as those things get dismantled, it gives us the freedom to relate and to believe and to trust him at a new level. And to trust him. Oh, let's not lean on our own understanding. But let's trust him. He will lead and direct and guide every step as we trust him. So trust is important. Pleasing God from chair two is a deception. It's a delusionary tactic that the enemy uses to try to get us to somehow sign up for the kingdom self-improvement plan based on my tenacity, not based on the blood of Jesus. Hmm. Okay. Well, Lord, we invite you to release the power and the love of your presence. Mm. Come, Holy Spirit. Come right now. I pray, Lord, that the gospel of Jesus would be clear, that your kingdom would be uh, perceived accurately. And I know, Lord, in my best effort, I can, I can barely scratch the surface of trying to describe the incredible goodness and greatness of your love for us. Mm. Grace, how in the world do we as human beings ever be able to adequately communicate your grace? But Holy Spirit, you can. Come and release the love and the grace of the Father to each son and daughter. Secure their hearts as only you can secure their hearts. <coughs> mm. Pull out the stuff, Lord, that, that keeps us stuck, that becomes uh, obstacles and barriers. Many, many that were, that were uh, built 
And when we were children and we were young and we, we experienced things that we didn't have the ability to even understand. And so, Lord, we ask that you would go beyond human understanding today and that you would do for us what we can't do for ourselves. That you would release truth, that you would release love, that you would release light, that you would release life, life eternal. The kind of life that we have in you that will never, never, never die. It will never terminate. <laughs> Though our bodies may terminate, our spirit and our love relationship with you is eternal. And so, Lord, there's, there's a holy, holy passion that you've released inside of us that says, Lord, we want more. We want more of you. We want to know you. We want to know you. We want to know you. Father, I pray for all of us in the Western world that get uncomfortable with quiet, still, rest. I pray for a grace this week, Lord, that we would have a supernatural grace not to be caught up in the muchness of doing, but a grace to really take a risk and stand and sit and lie before you and receive and just receive. Not trying to impress you with our commitment, our devotion, but just to receive your love. Keep receiving. Mm. He's got a lot to pour out today. He loves you so much. And you're receiving. If, if he's giving you something that you think he's wanting you to share, you feel free to come forward. We want to hear. We want to receive what the Lord's doing. All the love you need is found in me. All the strength and power you need flows from me. Hmm. What is it that he wants to do for you today? Let him love all of you. And let him release his strength and his power to you because it flows from him. Mm -hmm. 
So we pray for tangible manifestations of your strength and your power and your love today, Lord. May we never be the same. I pray for eternal transformation mm, that comes in sitting in chair one and the grace to abide in chair one. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.